0: This episode of Gareth Jones on Speed contains superlatives, art, and displays of automobile induced emotion from the presenters as Gareth and Zog attend Salon Privé.
1: Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, a glorious summer's day in September. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And we're trying to contain our excitement already because, as you know, we're at Salon Privé, which is held in Scion Park in West London. And as you arrive, you drive down an avenue, he said, whispering in reverence. You drive down an avenue of supercars, some of which seem to be for sale, I now notice, Doug. Oh, really? You've got a sharper eye than me. That Bentley GTC convertible, isn't uh, it? The seven thousand yeah. nine
2: hundred
1: fifty. A snip. Oops. Oh, yes. is... oh, yeah, that's the XKRS. In blue, just driving past us, waffling away. What else have we got here? Let's have a look. We've got the 458 Italia. We've got the is that the Scaglietti. Yes, yes.
2: and then we've got an F50. We've got an electric blue 355 convertible. There are a lot of red cars down this side. That's There's the a, old Stradale. Yeah. There's another one. There's radical the over here. Oh yeah,
1: that radical looks extraordinary.
2: Three wheeler. Nice. You know,
1: flying flag for the British eccentrics. Several uh, Bentley. Uh, yeah. Is that a GT3 SLS RS over there? Over there the yeah. U- there?
2: Oh, well, actually, I quite like that. Watch uh, your back.
1: Here comes a, uh, an EQ the
2: uh, Silver spoiler with the white and red. Nice.
1: Yeah. And look, look, there's the new Rolls-Royce Wraith. Is that what it's called? The Rolls coupé. It's the yeah. first one I've seen in the flesh. And hello, here's a registration for me. Check this on this Rolls-Royce. Oh, blimey.
2: top five five five.
1: That would be I me if I was a rally driver to... in a Subaru. That would be my registration. <laughs> not that you need one.
2: I'm not entirely sure that guy isn't a chauffeur just by the look. So hey, maybe that's your ride for later. Uh, what else have we got here? <laughs> that's it's a five ninety nine,
1: is it? On the, yeah. on the end yeah. And
2: no, I love the. Uh... Oh
1: delicious yeah. and let's just walk oh, down delicious. a little bit because yeah. there's a very rare car here you don't see these very often in fact you see them so infrequently on this side Zog, otherwise you get mown down oh, yeah, by an X5 one. nobody oh, really likes you
2: a... <laughs> ignominious way to go <laughs>
1: <laughs> but here's a car that's so rare that you just don't see them and they're so rare that you don't even see the company anymore it's a Maybach poor old Maybach
2: an imposing lump of metal, isn't it? And
1: what's that part next to it, Zog? Oh. An Aventador, isn't
2: it? It certainly is in that lovely, spooky, Batman, matte black wrap. So is Bruce Um... Wayne here, or Mm. or perhaps Tony Stark? Uh Or Ben Affleck, perhaps. The, uh, oh, is he the, the new Batman? He's he is, isn't
1: he? I heard that. Yes, I forgot. Yes, oh, what sure. are you? Is that a Maserati? Oh, no, that's,
2: that. Oh, that's the Maserati we were. The following Sebring, in. the yeah.
1: Maserati Sebring from about, what, 66, 67 is my sure. guess. Oh, it's from
2: it the looks of it. It's mid 60s, isn't it? It's got a beautiful.
1: Beautiful. And look, look at these look, cars. Have you, have
2: you noticed the registration?
1: I'm not sure that's a legitimate registration. Yeah, I'm not sure
2: it is either. Sebring. Uh, probably lucky they didn't drive by one of the police traffic checks that we've yeah, been yeah, yeah the yeah. last couple of days around London.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, there are lots of police traffic checks, certainly here in London at the moment, and they're picking up cars without MOT and insurance, so make sure that you're covered. And uh, if that guy drove that to Maserati Sebring with a registration S-E-B-R-I-N-G, I think he might get pulled. Honestly, I can't even describe to you the beauty as this Series 1 Land Rover, listen.
2: Rolls by. That's a Testarossa. A uh, new-style Testarossa, as opposed yeah. to old-style Testarossa. Yeah, which would be lovely. Uh, another Testarossa right on the end uh, there.
1: They're all so, Ferraris on this side, basically. Every single one is Ferrari. How many are I've there? I'm of
2: Ferraris now. Let's go and find...
1: If you're bored of Ferraris, Zog, you're bored of Gareth Jones on speed. <laughs> no, not
2: true. <laughs>
0: Gareth Jones on speed at Salon Privé, don't you know?
1: I'm going to have to adopt a really hushed tone for Salon Privé. As you can imagine, uh, concours d'élégances. Lots of men in summer suits and ladies in huge hats, the likes of which you might find at Ascot. And the cars are just glistening in the sun. Honestly it is like a garden party. There are little white picket fences around all the exhibits here. Uh, the first one that caught my eye is Blundell, Brabham and Herbert's Could Bentley Speed 8. Oh hang on. Could please
2: make her way to the media as soon as
1: possible? Okay, I'm not I'm the grapman so I can stay here looking at this lovely Bentley. And although it's a glorious summer's day here today, absolutely spectacular, this Speed 8 has got wet tyres on. So, I don't know, maybe they're expecting rain at some point. Uh, Fair play to them at Bentley. This is HR Owen who are demonstrating here. They've got a new Bentley saloon here and a couple of the Continental convertibles. And it's them, I would imagine, who paid to bring this rather wonderful machine here for us to enjoy and to add to the enjoyment they've taken off the rear engine cover that beautiful olive green sculpted shape so you can see the mechanicals underneath and see what essentially appears to be a simple machine classic layout you know
2: fascinating
1: and the office you can look inside the office so have you seen inside the cockpit here
2: i haven't looked inside yet no that's all oh, blimey yeah Look at that!
1: It's very workmanlike, isn't it? There's nothing very Bentley about. Oh, I'm leaning on it. I mustn't be leaning on it.
2: Apart from the minor stuff like all the naked carbon fibre, thermal insulation, big chunky cables, racing hardware, solid-looking switches all that stuff it's so colourful you know there are yeah. garish blue, yellow, orange green stickers and bits of tape and um, highlighting the important yeah, stuff like a yeah. big red and orange button for the radio a lot less restrained than your typical Bentley but it got the job done in 2003 didn't it? oh well, absolutely n- not, not this particular not chassis course this? this was the car that came second Christensen won it and it was Lundell, yeah course, Herbert probably. and Brabham. yeah
1: Let's go and enjoy some of the other stuff. See this car here? Get a drink Interesting. As well. This car parked opposite the Bentley in bright. What would you call that? Ochre. luminescent ochre. Um,
2: yeah, I think a good one for it. You could, or it's a very deep metallic peach, maybe. Deep mm, metallic peach. Nice. Use bronze. Of the term. How about that? Um, Reminds me
1: of a peach melba I used to get in a little plastic thing as a kid. That colour. Gold,
2: golden bronze, mate. No, it's I've, a bit darker. than bronze. I r-
1: rather suspect that I've been out in that car. In this particular M6? Yeah, there can't be that many in that colour. This is the BMW M6 Grand Coupe, which was around Richard's house the other week when I went round there to record some sketches. With uh.
2: him,
1: and uh, we went out for a drive in this. It was very, very sensible. Lovely.
2: Big old brake discs. Look at that. And do you know what it evokes oh, for me
1: when I look at it? I think... I see the M1 homage that BMW did recently, a reinvention of the M1, and it looked the very like this. concept car.
2: It was uh, a concept yeah. car, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not putting it down. There's something Volvo-ish about the rear part of it, the rear roof line, in a way. I uh, know what yeah, you I mean. Know, uh, I
1: know what you mean. Just that kink there. Where, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, maybe it says something about how much... Volvo have sort of sharpened up their styling in yeah, recent yeah. years. Good point, good point. Come on, let's go and see more cars that may or may not be Volvos.
0: <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed at Salon Privé. What, 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 what?
1: This has got to be a first. We're discussing art on Gareth Jones on speed and sculpture. Basically, in front of me, you'll find... I'm trying to find a suitable accent to do this in. But what's the name uh, of the very posh man? Uh, we the art? Uh, Seul Brian, Brian Sewell. Sewell. Yeah, Brian he's Sewell.
2: He's than the Queen. He does, yes. He's, he's, a, he's a very interesting guy, actually. Very he's interesting. Really, and a, a, a car not, of course.
1: Is he? I didn't realise that. No, oh, in that case, yeah. it's appropriate that we walk around this and discuss it, a la Brian Sewell. We are standing next to a sculpture, which stands some four and a half metres in length. And perhaps just slightly below two metres high and represents the outline of a jaguar. This is... Uh, actually, I can't keep this up, it's no. embarrassing. But this is a sculpture from the Royal College of Art in conjunction with jaguar design.
2: Mm, yeah, I think it's sort of expressing ideas about future jaguar design possibilities, I think. What? Hang on. You've got a phone, phone ringing.
1: Right? It's called Lightweight Alchemy uh, or something, right? isn't it? Is it? Lightweight Alchemy, what do they call it? Okay, Jaguar design brief for Royal College of Art students to propose an exterior form study that expresses the future Jaguar design language in either a sports or luxury aspect. The winning design, Light Alchemy, that's right, I remembered well, by Claire Miller and Ewan Gallimore has been produced by Jaguar Designs on display here at Salon Preve. Yeah, we know, we've seen it, yeah. It's nice. It's a great big bronze. It's got the spirit of the E-type in it, spirit of the F-type in it.
2: Yeah, more F-type than E-type, recognisably based on the lines of a modern jag. It's bronze, or looks like bronze. It kind of has something of the quality of an ancient Greek hero's helmet. Something like yes. you know, you know, Ajax's helmet. Yeah, 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 I'll give you that. Uh, but yeah. sort of, you know, slightly bent into the shape of a jaguar.
1: I think what it does is it evokes the classic aspect of jaguar by invoking the classics, the Greek themselves, and simply reinforcing the art in the design of Jaguar
2: what he said
0: Gareth Jones on speed at Salon Privé old speed.
1: let me try and describe the scene in front of me now on one side I've got off a Dino nearly said a Ferrari it's not it's a Dino it's the original beautiful what do we call it the 206 or was it the 246 the proper Dino in red yeah, Dino GT, actually, this one. Which is, you know, that's your starting point. In my opinion, one of the most beautiful cars ever. And then, just adjacent to it, is the classic Riva motor launch. The classic wooden, veneered, highly polished speedboat that you'd want to use as your tender for your massive yacht at Monaco. Picture that, that's beautiful. But in the middle is something which frankly makes Zog, and to be honest, me too, go weak at the knees. It's yellow, it's black, and it's a Bugatti. Which one is this, Zog?
2: Type 47. That's a 47. Yellow and black coupe. Uh, Apparently this one was restored two years ago, which accounts for its ridiculously, meticulously clean appearance. You you get the Uh, idea
1: that not only is that radiator clean, but it's pretty clean on the inside as well. I mean, well. you
2: don't want to get fingerprints on the tyres.
1: I'm standing at least eight foot away, because if I breathe out, I'm sure I'll spoil it. It's so shiny. such, it's such a, a gorgeous car. And the tan such interior. Look at the doors. The doors have huge leather panels in them, and the most art deco, elegant waveform to the seats of any car I've ever seen. That's a seat design,
2: isn't it? Covered in ostrich skin, not something you see so often. These I days. didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you can see Where the, the feathers, feathers go into the, the skin, moves, you can see the little... The marks, where, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
1: And of course Bugatti would use ostrich because ostrich are quick aren't they? And Bugattis are not for stopping, they're for going. I wonder what the brakes are like on most ostriches. (laughs) (laughs) Gareth,
2: are you excited? I am I just caught a glimpse. Breathe, breathe. Take it easy, come deep breaths. Deep breaths. I've just seen something.
1: When I tell you what it is, you'll know. It's the, uh, what do we call it? The Bentley Continental Flying Star by Touring Superleggerum. That's what it's called. Right,
2: yes. Oh! It's a shooting brake. It's a Bentley and it's a shooting brake. That's going to make me happy. And looking at it, we're standing by the rear three-quarter and the first thing that strikes me it's a very kind of 60s look to the whole rear hatch. I so think there's something very uh, yep. almost space 1999 future retro about the shape of the hatch. And fact, I'm going to take a picture from right where we are now. To describe to that. Uh,
1: it's an interesting the classic thing is, you know, being someone who flew model aircraft, the idea of a long, low roof is very appealing because you can slide the wings of your aircraft when you disassemble it for transport and you can put them up in the headliner effectively you have a couple of bungees going across from grab handle to grab handle and you can put your wings in there and in my perfect world where i live back in wales i would have one of these and i would stack my f3b competition glider in the headlining there and i would probably be the happiest i could ever be As you know, I love shooting brakes. And this is the definitive shooting brake. This one's in blue, which is fine. I think I might like mine in a kind of a coppery bronze. That would be nice. Or red, of course. You know, being a Welshman, that's standard. The interior, the tan leather on the interior. It's gorgeous. Actually, it looks like it's waiting to receive a coffin. It does look like a sporting hearse. And I think... Yeah, I've just made up my mind. When I go, if you could arrange for my coffin to be transported in a shooting <laughs> break, I'd be very happy with that, even though I'm not around to enjoy it, but I'm sure everyone would get the gag. I'm not planning on going anywhere, by the way. We're only 52 at this stage. I must have at least another three years in me before I keel over. I could go home now. I could. I've seen the touring Superleggera. And that's it. My life is complete. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> We haven't even got to the cars in the competition yet. Imagine how good that's going to be.
0: Gareth Jones on speed at Salon Privé. It's just not cricket. It's cars and motorsport, darling.
1: We've come into the atrium at Scion Park and there's an exhibition here at the Royal College of Art. They're all models and sketches, but they're all... Imagining the car of the future, and there are some genuinely radical ideas here. Nice little sort of quarter or one six scale models on a table in front of me at the moment. Zobby is looking at an Audi city car concept. This is a little sort of lightweight two seater upright runabout with the driver's seat slightly forward of the passenger seat, so the passenger has extra legroom. Who's this by, do you know?
2: This is by a student called Nia Siegel, as all the students I think who've made these models are, and I'm a student in vehicle design at the Royal College of Art. I'm just looking over his notes on the project, and I haven't read them yet, but one of the features of this car seems to be that he's exploring some ideas about how changes in manufacturing techniques and how we make things could influence design and how companies can take advantage of new manufacturing techniques new ways of building cars and in particular I think in respect to this vehicle 3D printing Are uh, uh, you like a bit of 3D other. printing
1: This is a bit like Gordon Murray's approach to car design It's not just the design of the car, it's the design of how you make the car Yes, absolutely,
2: yeah. no, that's a very good point It's very similar to, as I say, the way Gordon Murray has approached the design of his T25, T27, that's it, I think yeah, of the cars yeah. yeah, designing the manufacturing process and selling the manufacturing process in a sense rather than the process. Which just he has done,
1: Have you heard this? Oh I haven't known. Yeah, th- I don't know who. who. We haven't been told, but oh, he yeah. sold the process. We'll see if they emerge in the form that we know them. I'm sure they'll evolve. Yeah, that's exciting news. This thing's got my eye. This is curious. I've never seen a car laid out like this. It's by Marcus Johannes Klassen. and he's built his thing as Escaping the Mega City. Is MA in Vehicle Design at the Royal
2: College of Art and the vehicle. We don't know the name of the vehicle, but the first thing I thought when I saw this, and we'll have a couple of pictures of these vehicles on the website. Yeah, the first thing I thought when I saw this car was California. There's something, it mm. sort of has sort of West Coast lifestyle about it, and one of the reasons for that is that it has what looks like a surfboard on the roof. It has a built in surfboard, that's one way of describing it's, it, and a deck out of the front. The easiest way to describe
1: this, I think, is imagine a pickup. In reverse. Yes. So you've got the load bed at the front. However, the canopy that reaches forward of the cab reaches all the way to what would be the back of the load bed if it was a pickup the front of the load bed in this case
2: yeah and extends over part of the front so you've got a kind of a balcony it's a sunshade yeah. over your little deck area where looking at some of the concept images where you can sit down you can have a picnic on the deck of your car I've uh, never seen anything like this No one is ever going to build this I'm quite no. sure but it's a, <laughs> it is exploring it's new ideas it? it is yeah. What is the name of the car please tell me the name of the car We'll call it Marcus Johannes Okay, stylistically,
1: it's innovative aerodynamically, I would say it was a disaster with that peak at the front. That's just going to snap off under high load, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but I'm
2: not saying this is a vehicle built for speed, exactly. I think if, if you were going to pin one manufacturer's name on that, it would be Chrysler, don't you think? I think Lincoln. Looking at the forward sweep oh, okay. of the front yeah, bonnet no, see, there, yeah, that's yeah, like the, Ford
1: did a Lincoln concept a few years ago that had something very similar yeah, to that. Okay, I see where you're going very upright. Yeah, yeah. But come here, I want to show you something come over on, here You like this. Not a model, but a display on the wall by an RCA student I've a reimagining of an Auto Union Type D now remember the Auto Union Type D rear engine innovative car of the 1930s 37 I think was it yes 37 a classic beautiful silver arrow now he's imagined it I wish you could see this picture I'll have to take a picture of it It is a contemporary imagining of that car in that the wheels... What do we call these hubless wheels? Is that what we call them, where you've got, like, a bicycle section tyre on a rim, a very narrow rim?
2: Um, Yeah, it's a design of wheel, and nobody's near using this on a production car. Mm. You might have seen it in a sci-fi movie, but basically, Mm. if you can imagine a metal ring that has a tyre around the outside. There's nothing in the middle of that ring. The tyre is rotating around that fixed ring rather than being fixed to the ring that rotates. Yeah, yeah, nicely put. Uh, But
1: I've always thought that the silver arrows of the 1930s, which were futuristic in their time, remain futuristic. You look at them, they look like they're years ahead of anything else. And this reimagining of that makes it look even more so wonderful. Look at this car. It's by Peter Ten K L double. O-S-T-E-R Dutch name perhaps? Yeah, it could be Tenklooster, I think so Wonderful bit of design
2: It's hard to describe, you just have to look at the pictures but the way in which it's taken the the D-type shape and stretched it a bit Flattened really, all no directions. It. It's exactly flattened it, made it a yeah. bit longer, a bit wider, but has still sort of kept the key curve radii at different points in the body. Yeah. Not necessarily exactly the same point, but it's got the same curves. And using the four ring identity, but in a different way in the body. But here's the great thing:
1: he's not lost the essence of the original Water Union Type D in his design. You look at it, and no, it still looks like something from the future merged with the thirties. That's an it's achievement. Beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: Gareth Jones on
1: speed at Salon Privé. Push in it. Can you hear that sound? Remember those Ferraris that were parked in the supercar display earlier on? Well, there's now a supercar cruise going by. And if you'd like to hear the sound of a 308 GTB followed by an Enzo, here it is. That burble, that little, that's the end zone. In fact, I'm just going to record the sound of these cars. I don't know, 20-something Ferraris rolling by on the gravel. A bit of atmosphere, I know a string of Ferraris is a minor cliché, but very beautiful. This is a lovely thing to witness, actually. I think we've had about 30 Ferraris roll past me here. James Andrew from Influence Associates is here. He's chatting to Zog at the moment. James, what is Salon Brevet really all about it's a number of things it's three things isn't it it's uh, an opportunity for people to compete in a my
0: car's posher than yours absolutely Catherine. yeah a classic car beauty pageant in that respect yeah that, that's uh, that's what a concord oh, elegance oh, is really in an our view anyway yes manufacturers here as well
1: who are able to display their goods i noticed the people from touring are trying to get into the British market. They've come to the right places. Money here, isn't there?
0: Absolutely, yeah. This is what we call the UK's premier boutique automotive event. Uh-huh. So tickets are on the high end of the scale, let's say, at a sort of 200 to £250 to get in. That, Th- that does include that lobster in- and champagne. It does include lobster and champagne all day long. <laughs> So we are insured a certain sort of income bracket, in a way, that comes along to view the supercars on the lawn here. And, of course, ultimately the idea is that the manufacturers are selling their cars whilst here. So, yes, the Concorde Elegance beauty pageant, it's the supercar show, and also today, which you've picked a very good day to be here, Gareth, is Boodle's Ladies' Day. H- hence all the ladies in the frocks, like <laughs> H- Amanda H- Stretton H- H- here all in all her posh frock.
1: We're Ex- in the back of her photograph whilst we're doing this. That's we're everywhere. Tell me about Concorde d'Elegance. Are they different categories?
0: There is just one winner, best of show, but there were 11 categories in this year's Concorde elegance. I won't ask you from to name them. <laughs> all manner of things, from pre-war motoring to wind in your hair to a celebration of 50 years of the Porsche 911, for example. And the best of show was a Ferrari from 1959, a 250 California long wheelbase, Spider. And that's now in pride of place in the best of show enclosure and looking fantastic.
1: Have you done a calculation? Do you know the value of all the cars in the Concorde Elegance? We we
0: do, yes. It's some £65 million worth of cars in the Concorde Elegance. yes. And even more astonishing, in my view, there are just over 100 cars in the Concours, but at the opening ceremony for Salon Privo we had the Tour d'Elegance, yep. where there were 43 cars which went on a tour from the Royal Automobile Club in Surrey, Woodcote Park, to here to open the event It's a 30-mile tour. And across those 40-something cars, there was nearly £30 million worth of value. Whoa. So it's just astonishing. But these days, it's a business. You know, we've had the Financial Times here, CNN, the BBC Business guys, and people are investing in classic cars as they would in art. In property, this is a business and it's a very serious business these days.
1: Oisner, Carcum Rai, my Ivasa Headio? Uh,
0: do you remember what I mean, Gareth? Uh, do you know what I mean? I'm a Land Rover, Grey the Old.
1: Near Gilburn, of course. At Gilburn, okay. Ivasa, yeah. yes. nice. Well, neither are Gilburn nor my blue theatre.
0: James, yeah, a treat to
1: not only be invited to this, but find a Welsh speaker too. I'll do a sim trend for that somehow so people can understand what we've just exchanged, but I think most people will get the gist. Yeah,
0: excellent. Thanks, man. Good the
1: sound of more Ferraris coming out Hang on Testarossa The new one, as Zog always points out Was that the last one? Oh no, there's an F40 that's grounded out Coming off a ramp Here it comes, the F40, listen Very gingerly over a tiny speed bump that's covering some power cables. And here comes an F50. This is really beautiful. Yeah, I know the F50 wasn't as good a car as the F40, but I quite like the look of the F50. T's the Enzo again. He came over that speed bump, no problem. 360, what do we call the convertible? The spider? And how about that? A blue Ferrari, that's the 599 convertible, I think. 348 TS, GTS, 355 GTS, sorry. Here comes the 328. Doesn't that sound different? Dino! I love Dino's. Right, that's enough. (laughs) I can look at some cars. Oh, boy.
0: Gareth Jones on speed at Salon Privé. Oh, boy. Oh, golly gosh.
1: It's seldom that you're able to meet the people responsible for the cars that you fall in love with. But at the moment, Zoggy's... Talking to a chap about a car called the Icona Volcano. You may have seen this, a concept car. Sort of Chinese, Italian, very international. A dramatic front-engine sports car. A little bit Ferrari, but a bit more modern. Zog's talking to the man who designed it. I don't know your name, I'm Sam- sorry. Samuel Shufar. Samuel You've done a great job with this car. Can I talk to you about it for two minutes? Of there are lots of, I suppose, for want of a better word, iconic design features on this car.
3: <laughs> That's not the right <laughs> word to use. I, I know, you're doing my job now. <laughs> but of all of them... Which are you most proud of? Oh, I think what really recaps what the car wants to say is the body side section mm-hmm. and the rear. So the, on the body side, of course, you have to put the, your window, you have to put your wheelhouse, you have to put your extracts of air. You know, the package is already set. The rear, you have a bit more freedom, and I think the rear, it tells the story in a very simple shape because you have what is obviously the bottom of the car coming out in a very sweet way. Yeah. It not has not a very organic very single organic buttock shape. at the rear. I That's mean, you right. want to touch it, you yes, do. And uh, very much like cars of a certain used to do. Look at the Ferrari yeah. Detona over there and look at the way the bottom goes and up. Yeah, See, And then it's tight and sharp on the wing. Oh, the 250 GT right there, there was a certain language of sensuality which we used to have and which we don't find much. Yeah, we've gone to edges and flatness, haven't we? And like a 280 GTO to F40 for me was a huge breakthrough of going for this more tool-like mm-hmm. approach which was, to my heart, losing something. Mm. And I wanted to get in that supercar feeling because the reality is that... When you want to make a car more practical, more purposeful, more aerodynamic, you actually lose that sensuality because you need to. Everybody knows that an E-type low drag or a D-type, as beautiful as they are, actually not very aerodynamic, Mm -hmm. sadly. Mm -hmm. But... They give you lift, don't they? uh, Yes, yes. So to find a clever solution of the design point of view, to have good aerodynamics, but also to get sections that give you enough emotion. And that's exactly what we have here. This sensual center is framed around the sharp edges that actually are very efficient for aerodynamic. And the wing, instead of having a huge wing on the top, that makes some sort of, you know, I don't know to put your laundry on or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: You're being cruel. Now.
3: No, no, no. That, So that it's not happening. We don't have this wing. We integrated the yeah. wing in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. the car that is looks
1: a proper diffuser, isn't it? And that's not half-hearted.
3: It, it, and it's not just diffuser actually, because we have a double blade, and actually the simple extension of the blade gives us more downforce. We experimented some aerodynamic tricks already with fuselage, which uh-huh. was made for to be electric and be very efficient, which we developed further here on this car for the volcano for the volcano to integrate the wings and the downforce as cleanly as possible without having to add spoilers and stuff that will not be flowing with the shape
1: this car shares something with the car which won the 2009 F1 world championship the Braun which had a double rear diffuser
3: yes. so you're right on the zeitgeist there and you can see that also in the front spoiler of Formula 1 where they repeat this layering and actually that was mostly encouraged I believe tell me if I'm wrong I'm not an expert to be quite frank but tell me if I'm wrong they developed this double wing and triple wings because they had some legislation problem they could not get the rules said only so many square centimeter, etc yeah. etc yeah. so they ended up with doing this but what is even more clever by doing this is they actually guide the air it's like a comb it's uh-huh. combing the air uh-huh. and you have a control of the flow which is a lot better because here it works not only to have a air flow but also for downforce but on the car fuselage two years ago that was an aerodynamic car. We were down to a CX of 0, 0.25.5, I think. It was a very aerodynamic car. The idea there was not to disturb the air. We're not looking particularly for downforce, but to have the cleanest flow possible. That's where we integrated in our design wings around the wheels, front and rear, that will diminish disturbances created by the spinning of the wheels and have a clean airflow on the side.
1: Can I ask you, come over here? I want to discuss one detail on this car. This section here, this looks exactly like the part of the nuclear. Device that James Bond would have to disarm—you know, you kind of rotate it; it would pop up at yeah. the end of a Bond movie. It, what is, is this?
3: It will really need to have three digital numbers, and every time you succeed to remove it, is at one second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what is this? Is this the fuel filler, or is this? Fu- this is the fuel filler. That is a lovely, lovely bit of design. Which I did not do. You're not responsible for that. No, I'm not responsible for that. It's an Italian design. Risoma here it's written, and which I found was absolutely appropriate, and we contacted them and we integrated it to the car
1: that's a success a great designer taking on board all ideas and choosing the best thank you what a pleasure to meet the man who designed a lovely car thank you very much indeed
3: thank you you're welcome
1: avianto you should have called it the decollage perhaps after the, the fuselage the decollage
3: after that <laughs> 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 that's yeah. would be the eruption
0: gareth <laughs> 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 okay, with on speed at salon privé Naturellement, mais oui
1: Sog and I have finally made it into the Concours d'Elegance section and are really struggling to decide which cars to talk to you about because every single machine here is worthy of a good half hour's discussion, whether it's the 1935 Bentley Blower, the lovely 1933 Alfa Romeo 8C, Just imagine how magnificent that is to see with its great leather straps holding the bonnet in place. There's a Tatra here, you know, are they Czech? Can't recall now. East European with three headlights, one great big one in the middle, rear-engined remarkable piece of design. But the thing that caught Zog and my attention for a large amount of time was a Sissitalia 202 MM Nuvolari Spider from 1947. It's just exquisite. Come and search that car and tell me that you've not seen a more beautiful, simple bit of Italian design than that. But Zog has just spent the last few minutes photographing a McLaren which is appropriate for McLaren's 50th anniversary and Zog spotted this car on its way here the other day you saw this on the road didn't you this car Uh, no,
2: I didn't see this on the road but one of my neighbours knowing what a car I was had sent me a message with a picture of this car on a low loader because it had just passed him on the street it was on its and, way uh, here. Because I live near Kew Bridge, and this was just coming along near Kew Bridge. And Tell uh, them what it is, then. It's a McLaren M6. Now, is it M6 GT, or is it one of the racing cars? Because the McLaren M6 was the first road-going car that McLaren designed. I think they only built a couple of them before Bruce McLaren died. Well, It's got um, indicators. But- yeah, that's not Don't a, think a, it is. a very poor v, registration v number, is it? But it was based on a racing car of theirs. The, the CanAm the, car? A car, the M6A and M6B, I think they were. Let's have a look at the crib sheet okay, over here. OK, the crib sheet. We, we could see if we're right. Yeah, okay. it is uh, an M12. M12. M6, M12. To be fair, it does say the first line is M6 slash M12 GT Coupe. So I guess it's a question of which engine. From 1969. In total, only eight M6 or M12 GT Coupes were built. When you phoned me up and said, I've
1: just seen this picture of this, I think it's an M6. They only made about a dozen of those or less, you said to me, and you were absolutely right. They made six of them. Half a
2: dozen. Half a dozen? What's the difference? Yeah, and it's in that lovely McLaren orange and... It's a proper
1: racing car. Where it's not orange, you've got bare aluminium. Where it's not bare aluminium, you've got sumptuous leather that people have sat in that leather, it's got a patina to it and there's this huge Chevy V8 in the back.
2: Well and I rather like the fact that there's a broom propping up the front panel basically, <laughs> the front section of the car that lifts up to expose the front suspension and the radiator, there's just a wooden pole holding it up, nothing fancy, just a bit of wood, I like that.
1: Ron Dennis would never allow that, he'd have something made <laughs> out of carbon fibre
2: Well, No, no he'd allow it, it would just be very very high spec wood <laughs>
0: goes
1: on speed at Salon today, having a horribly good time of it all. I've left Sog, for want of a better word, perving over a display of Polkha 1 8th scale model car kits. He's looking at a Lamborghini at the moment, which is appropriate because immediately behind me are a row of Lamborghinis. Okay, let's see if I can get them right. There's a 1968 Lamborghini 400 GT, 2 plus 2. There's the Mura. Gosh, the Mura's amazing. If you ever spend any time considering a car, have a think about the Mura if you stand next to one. Miles ahead of its time. Next to the Mura is an Espada. Espada was always... Nice in my mind because you know it was slightly estate like, I suppose it was a hatchback or a glassback or a liftback, really. But what a great car! That is vast, absolutely vast. That would do me now. It's a big 2 plus 2, enough room in the back for my two boys who were just about teenagers. And this one is in brown, which is a perfect color for a car from what 1970? What year is it? 74. Yep, brown was big in 74. Oh. Then there's a Kuntek. Is this the 500? Is it? Let me see. It's black. There's a Kuntak in black. Which one is it? It's the Anniversario from 1990. Still looks futuristic. Really does. All those straight edges. But you could argue that the most interesting Lamborghini here is one that I don't think I've ever seen on the road in the UK. I think I've seen one in Dubai once. Can you guess which one it is? Go on. What's the most unlikely Lamborghini you would see? The LM002. Remember that V12 engine off-road thing that they built? Fascinating. A Hummer 20 years before its time. Hummers aren't cool. Let's be absolutely clear on that. But the LM002 is... uh, I'd like one of those. Okay, truth is, I'd like one of anything here. Absolutely anything would do me...
0: Gareth Jones on speed at Salon privé. Good show of
1: The sound of a Boeing 757 going over places us exactly in Scion Park, adjacent to Heathrow. Zog and, and I have had the most extraordinary afternoon here, not just looking at the cars, but chatting with the people who own them in the concourse d'Elegance. If I tell you at the moment we're sitting next to a row of Porsches, what have we got? We've got a 2.7 Carrera L-Range, what's that, 72 is it? There's a uh, 73, 73 I think. 73, yeah, there's yeah, a, uh, an RS 911 uh, yeah. there's a 911S in that classic 70s orange, that's such a good colour isn't
2: it? And I'm loving the green Carrera RS there. That is a vivid oh. green isn't it? It is. Uh, a little bit transfixed. <laughs> I knew either, that, either that or the champagne, I'm well, not sure.
1: I just had to walk away from Lancia Flamina over there. I yeah. uh, you know. Every single machine here is truly extraordinary. They are pristine, but they are Beautifully driven. turned
2: out. As we've been walking around the show, we've seen, I think, it seemed like every member of the... British Ferrari Owners Club driving their cars past the front of the house and then you saw a moment ago the Austin Healey and all those other guys just driving around the side I think for some presentation so you're wandering around the show you're looking at these lovely cars you're talking to owners you're talking to other car enthusiasts other petrol heads and some lovely cars just drive right by you It's ethereal
1: actually being here I would say that it's almost heavenly but if I said to you of all the things that we've seen here, which was your favourite, including the cars out the front yep. and the cars here taking part in the Concourse d'Elegance, what would it be, Zog?
2: OK, well, the caveat is we haven't quite finished our business for there because we need to go and check out that electric car, the Rimac, is it? Rimac, yeah, Rimac. But that aside, no, there are so many magnificent vehicles here from the early days of motoring right through to the present. But I'm going to go for that Bugatti Type 47 that we're looking at over there. The yellow and black Lovely one. yellow and black car. Yeah. It's almost too well restored. It's mm-hmm. been so beautifully restored that you would almost hesitate to take it out on the street. That said, if I had that car, I would happily drive it every day. I mean, just a I'd beautiful, live in it. I wouldn't drive it. I'd just car. live in it. I'd kiss it. I'd marry it. Ostrich skin seats. Yeah. That's my pick. All right. Oh no! One of the sorry. Or I'll take the Icuria Cost Transporter. Yes, this parked over there. Why? There are, because there are two race cars parked on top of it. One, <laughs> which is a D-Type. So I'll get three vehicles for the price of one. I like the way you think. If
1: I had to make a decision between the Touring Superleggera Flying Star, oh, yeah, I could tell you like the, that. I've always liked that. I mean, of the new cars, it would be that. Of the older cars here, though. Of all of them, I'd go for the 1974 Lamborghini
2: Espada that's over there oh. in brown. Yeah. Good the, 70s colour. I was having a lovely talk to Lynn, I think it was. Yeah, the, yeah. the woman who The man's uh, wife yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, Actually,
1: yeah. she owns it, I believe. It's her car. Right, well, She drives it.
2: Yeah, talking about the restoration of that car. And I was inadvertently slightly rude about the Espada at the very start of the conversation <laughs> because it was quite less than the Mura And I just made a, a, an offhand quip that. Yeah. Why ra- do I look at this Spada, and he has kindly compared the Spada to the mirror And you know, I'm, I'm very sorry, Lynn. I didn't mean to be rude, but the mirror is a more beautiful car. Yeah, that said, no, that Spada is fantastic, and they've done a fabulous job restoring it.
1: Well, the thing I like best about that Espada is the chap who owns it, Richard bought it when it was three years old. He bought it in 1977. They used it. Their kids sat in the back because, as you know, the Espada is the generous family Lamborghini. It's the practical Lamborghini. Yeah, if there's such a thing. (laughs) And that car was used. And he's got other Lamborghinis as well. He's got, I think he said he had an Aventador as well. So he's a very wealthy man. But the thing I liked about it was that that was a real car that he cherished. It's not just an artefact, it's not just something owned for its value, it's something owned because it's part of the family.
2: Yeah, they've got a real passion for the mark and for the cars. And the fact that the family who owned it are called...
1: Bull, his name was Richard Bull, and he drives a Lamborghini, Ah, which makes
2: sense. (laughs) very appropriate.
1: But the most extraordinary vehicle here, and this is the last thing in this show, I promise, was a motorbike over there, which was called the Flying Milliard. It's a V-twin of five litres capacity. Each cylinder is two and a half litres, and those cylinder heads, the man who built that thing, because it's not a recreation of an old... Motorcycle, that's something completely original, built in the style of an old bike. Isn't Could it magical? Really?
2: You were talking to the guy. I just saw the bike. I wasn't talking to the guy. I was talking to somebody else at the time. And I assumed that was a 1920s. Yeah, bike it looks or like that, that doesn't you know? it? Or 1930s, maybe. I thought it was an old yeah. motorbike, but it's a recent thing, built in the last five years. And the two-cylinder heads—the
1: thing that inspired that bike for him—he was looking on eBay one day, and he found a pair of cylinder heads from a Flying Fortress. And that's what he built the engine with. Wow. I mean, <laughs> That's a motorcycle. Good. Respect to the guy. That's fantastic. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed at the Concourse d'Elegance at the Salon Privé in Sion Park. He was Zog. Goodbye. And I was Gareth. See you for another Gareth Jones on Speed soon.